Chapter 5 Nick Moretti A loud noise in the kitchen woke Sam from his sleep. He groggily sat up and yawned. Voices came from the kitchen, several of them. Why can't they just let him sleep? A shirt covered Sam's alarm clock so he couldn't see what time it was. Joseph, he said to thin air. Yes, sir, a voice said from speakers around the room. Feed the lights on, please. Would you rather have the blinds up? It is two o'clock in the afternoon. Sam sat up for a moment, staring at the wall, too groggy to think straight. Sir? The voice prodded. What? Sam said, finally snapping out of his thoughts. Would you rather the blinds be lifted? Sure. I don't care. The blinds raised, and light flooded the messy room, causing Sam to squint his eyes. Sir? Your mother left a note for when you awoke. There was a ding, and Sheila's voice rang through the speakers in the room. Sam, your school called. They miss you, especially the track coach. You should call them back. I know you're upset, but I don't think it's very healthy to stay cooped up in your room all day. You should drive up and visit your friends at school. Also, we're having guests over this afternoon, so make sure you have clothes on if you come out of your room. Love your bunches. Have a great day. Her Jersey accent was especially strong today. She must have been stressed when she recorded that message. Sam took a deep breath and grabbed some shorts lying on the ground and a shirt from the top of his dresser. He slipped them on and lumbered to the door, giving one more loud yawn. He stopped at the door and stared at it for a moment. He didn't want to face anyone today. He didn't want to talk to anyone. People are always giving him this pitiful look. He didn't want their pity. He wanted his friend back. Those people aren't doing anything but making him feel worse. They just don't understand. Joseph? Yes, sir? Who's out there? Who are these guests? There are three guests in the kitchen. They are standing beside the table, named the island. That doesn't answer my question. Would you like me to identify them, sir? Yes, Sam raised his hands. But don't ask them who they are, just scan their IDs or something. They have been identified as Katie Kingley, Chris Medley, and Linda Medley. Does that answer your question, sir? Yeah. Thanks, Joseph. My pleasure. A jingle played over the speakers, signifying that Joseph went to sleep. Chris, Linda, and Katie, eh? Maybe this wasn't going to be so bad. They never treated him like a scared child or someone that needed to be handled with kit gloves. They always talked to him like a normal person. He pressed a button on the wall, and the door slid open. He walked toward the kitchen, and the conversation became clear. What time is it? He should be here already, Frank said, sounding annoyed. Katie chimed in. It's 2.06. By the way, my grandpa said he could pitch in. He said he'd pay what he could to find Jack. Get out of town, Frank said. You make sure you thank him for us. Hopefully he won't need to pay much. The guy's supposed to be the best there is, though. He won't be cheap. Sweetie, he won't have to pitch in. We're using our emergency fund to pay him, Linda said with a warm smile. She grabbed Katie's hand when she saw tears welling up in her eyes. Jack and Katie never officially dated, 
but it was clear from the first time Sam met Katie that she was his sweetheart. I just want to help any way I can. I miss him a lot, Katie said with a broken voice. Sam walked in the kitchen and stopped at the counter. We all do, he said. Frank slapped him on the back. Morning, pal. You just wake up? Yeah, I... He lost his train of thought. What are you guys talking about? Linda peeled her attention away from Katie to answer Sam. The elites have been dragging their feet on the investigation of Jack's disappearance. His kidnapping, Sam corrected. Right, Linda agreed. We're hiring a private eye. He's pretty famous, and he's supposedly the best there is. He's probably going to be expensive, Chris said, standing to his feet to look out the window. I think that's him right now. Chris walked to the door and opened it. Outside stood a man with slick black hair, dressed in a black trench coat. His nose was curved like it had been broken before, and he had a scar on his left cheek. Chris Medley, he said in a cool, collected tone. Yes, that's me. Please, come in. Chris stepped aside as the man entered. Even his walk had a swagger like he knew what he was doing. He stopped at the table and began shaking hands. He introduced himself to everyone but Sam, then finally rounded on him. You must be Sam. Good to meet you. Sam nodded his head and shook the man's hand. My name is Nick Moretti. I'm a private eye and contractor for the elite station in Chicago. You gonna find my friend? Sam said, crossing his arms. His tone came off a bit more hostile than he intended, but he wasn't in the mood for small talk. Nick nodded. That's what I came here to figure out. Unfortunately, I can't make any promises. What do you mean by that? Frank said. I'm a bit short-staffed, you see. My partner of ten years passed away recently, and since then, work's been a bit slow, in the most literal sense, Nick said with a distant look on his face. That's awful. I'm sorry, Linda said compassionately. These are dark times for all of us. Nick nodded his head. Yeah, things just ain't the way they used to be. He turned his attention to Sam. Now I got some questions about who did this to you. I know you told the elites the whole thing, but I'm a big fan of primary sources, and frankly, I didn't even ask them. Let's start from the beginning. Sam nodded his head, trying to remember the details of that awful night. Strangely enough, it was a relief to be talking to this man. Finally, someone who didn't give a rip about how sad or delicate Sam might be. Nick held nothing back. Something about this man was magnetic. Something about how he talked to him with respect made Sam feel comfortable opening up. We were on a field trip. It wasn't anything special. Till Jack lost this sphere he got in the mail. He was really upset about it. Said he couldn't go without it. I said he should just forget about it. The thing was creepy. Now it's the only thing I have left of that night. Here, I'll get it. Sam sprinted into his room frantically throwing clothes around until he found the pitch-black sphere. Then he ran back. This was possibly the most energetic thing he had done all week. They gave it to me from evidence. They said it was a dead end. They couldn't get anything from it. Maybe you'll have better luck. He handed the ball to Nick, who grabbed it, inspected it for half a second, then gave it back. Ah, uh, nice. I'm actually looking for more details like, what did the guy look like? Was there a group of them, or was it just one guy? What did he talk like? Stuff like that. Oh. Sam's face flushed red. Why didn't he think of that? Of course he would want details of the kidnapper. 
Why would he want to know about some dumb sphere? He shoved the ball onto the table and cleared his throat. He was, uh, foreign. Like, uh, Middle Eastern. And he had a really thick accent. And he wasn't alone. He had a group of maybe eight men with him. The others didn't talk, though. So I don't know what they sounded like. Everyone was wearing a black face mask and a hat. And I'm pretty sure the guy in charge was a titan. He was the only person I've ever seen that can keep up with Jack and push him to his breaking point. At one point, he had him pinned up against the wall. And then something weird happened. Weird, Nick said. Although, he wasn't the only one with a spiked interest. The entire room stared at Jack with the same intrigue as Nick did. It then dawned on Sam that he had forgotten this detail when telling the elites the story. This would be the first time Nick had told anyone about this. Yeah, like I said, the guy had him pinned by his neck against the wall. He talked too soft for me to hear, but something he said must have really got to Jack. Next thing I knew, Jack screamed something that I didn't quite get, and his eyes turned dark red. They were glowing red. Chris and Linda exchanged a look that Sam couldn't read. That's when the tables turned. He pulled his arms from his neck like he didn't even have to try. But the next bit happened fast. I'm not sure what happened after that. The next thing I knew, the guy had a gun to my head, and Jack was hovering in the middle of the room. I don't even think it took a second. There was a hole in the wall. Everyone was knocked down on the ground, and Jack's skin was peeling. Sam put extra emphasis on the last part of his sentence, shooting Chris and Linda a knowing look. Both of their eyes shut open wide, but Nick didn't seem defazed by this news. Huh, Nick said, placing his hands on the counter. He looked at Chris. Is Jack a registered titan? Because it sounds to me like he is. Chris shifted postures uncomfortably. We had him tested for registration, but the paperwork didn't go through. Jack said he didn't mind, though. He doesn't like how titans are treated, even if being one gains them respect. Nick chuckled at this comment. Can't say I blame the kid. My partner was a titan, one of the strongest men I've seen. Not physically, but that doesn't matter. I of all people know they're not invincible like society makes them out to be. There was a collective nod of agreement in the entire room. What else can you tell me? When Jack saw the gun to my head, he all but gave up. I bet he would have been fast enough to stop him before they pulled the trigger, though. Sam's fists clenched together, though he didn't notice. When they got to the ground, they stuck some needle in his neck, and that's the last thing I remember, seeing as I was... He made a gun motion to his head. You know. Yeah, I'm not exactly clear on the details of that one either. Did he miss and knock you out or what? Nick said, scratching the side of his face. Nope, he got me. Not sure where, though. I woke up in an observation lab in the elite station. I don't know how long I was out, but I was out. Nick's expression was unreadable. Right. I think I've got all I need. Now comes the hard part. Let's talk price. Just thinking about finding Jack raised Sam's spirits. He wanted to do something. Something more than just sitting around his room while Jack was still missing. He turned and walked toward his room, desperately trying to conceal how exhilarated he was at the mere thought of finding Jack. Surely this guy would take him on as an apprentice. Who wouldn't want an unkillable partner? Especially after his own partner died. Sam felt connected to this man. 
like there was an unspoken bond between them because both of their best friends were gone. As soon as he walked out of sight, he rushed into his room. He cleaned it as fast as he could. His mother would hate it if his room was a mess when he left. Once he was done, he packed a bag with only the essentials. He was off on an adventure. There was no room for packing useless things. He walked out of the room and told Joseph to watch the room while he was gone. But there was only so much a computer program could do. He jogged out of the room, expecting Nick to be there, only to find the two families huddled around the table, praying. Sam stopped dead in his tracks and closed his eyes out of respect. When they finished praying, Frank addressed Sam. We don't know if we can afford his rate, even with everyone's help. He was more expensive than we thought. Sam's expression dropped, and he let his bag drop to the floor. No way. You mean he won't even be looking for Jack? He's not even going to try? His shoulders sank with every word. That's how it works, Sam. He won't work for free. We told him we'd think about it, but it's in God's hands now. If he wants this investigator to help us, he'll make a way. Frank gave him a comforting smile and breathed deeply. Well, that's that. I think it's about time to put the dogs on the grill. Just like that, everyone began working in the kitchen, getting out ingredients for a cookout. Sam was devastated. Their only chance to find Jack slips away and they just give up. Why? Sam whispered. The whole room grew quiet. Why would you just give up like that? Frank put the hot dogs on the table. Who said we're giving up? You just said it's in God's hands. That's code for giving up. That's not true at all, Frank said. You know better than that. God is mighty. He is our loving father and he takes care of his children. That includes Jack and that includes you. Sam, you may feel like this whole situation is a mountain you can't climb. But God is bigger than this. He doesn't send his children where he himself can't get them out. But we can't just sit around and do nothing. You guys are just going about your day like Jack isn't even missing. You guys aren't even upset. Katie placed a head of lettuce on the table and took a step towards Sam. We're all upset, Sam, she said in a gentle tone. We've been trying to find someone all week. This is the first investigator to give us a chance. But you guys hit a wall and just decide to go about your day. Frank took a deep, frustrated breath. We can't let something like this keep us from living our lives, Sam. Life goes on. What would you suggest? That we stay cooped up in our rooms like you have for the past two weeks, keeping our light off? Only coming out for lunch and dinner? Then we wouldn't get anything done. Our lives would fall apart. Don't yell at us for not doing anything about this situation when you're more guilty than all of us. Linda gave Frank a sympathetic look. Frank, she said softly. The boy needs to learn, Frank said, gripping the table with both hands. Tears began welling in Sam's eyes. Nothing he said to his dad was getting through. He just wasn't getting the message. Sam was willing to do anything to get Jack back. He didn't even know this was an option until this morning. He wouldn't understand. They would never understand. There was no doubt in Sam's mind that God would take care of this. He had never failed Sam before. But would God reward complacency? There was a deep need to do something in Sam's heart. And the lack of support was just upsetting. I'm going! 
Sam shouted, picking up his bag. And where to exactly? Frank said, straightening his back. Chicago! I'll take the train! I'm going to beg Nick to take this case! And how do you expect to pay him? I'll work for him! I have to do something! That's my fault, after all! This statement made everyone's eyes go wide. Sam, Frank said calmly after a moment. Son, this is not your fault. Tears began welling in Frank's eyes. They had already begun to flow down Sam's cheek. In fact, that statement made everyone begin to tear up. It's none of our faults. You couldn't have stopped that man. If Jack couldn't stop him, I doubt anyone could have. I've never seen anyone stronger than Jack. You know that. But Dad, I was there. I saw them take him. I could have done something. His voice broke from crying. Frank released his grip on the table and hugged Sam tightly. In that moment, he released all his tension and frustration from the past two weeks. By the time Frank released him, he had soaked a good portion of Frank's sleeve with tears. I need to go, Dad, Sam said, sniffing and wiping his nose with his sleeve. I have to. I might not have been able to do anything then, but I sure can now. Sam, your mother will not approve of this. She's going to freak out when she finds out that you left for Chicago without asking her, Frank said. But if you've made up your mind, then here. He picked up a business card that had the number and address of Nick's agency on the front, as well as a picture of Nick and another man on the back. I can't stop you from leaving. You're an adult now, and you make your own decisions. But be careful. I don't want to find you in another observation room somewhere. Sam's excitement rose again, and he ran up to hug Frank one more time. I love you guys. Tell Mom I love her. You probably won't see me for a while. I'm not coming back unless I have Jack beside me. I'll write letters, though. I know it's old-fashioned, but Jack was a big fan of them, so I'll give him a try. I'll send updates of what I'm up to and where I'm at. He turned to address the rest of them. I'll find him. If it takes a hundred years, I'll find him. At this rate, Katie rushed to give him a hug, followed by Chris and Linda, and finally Frank. Be careful, Sam. I'll miss you, too. Katie said, releasing him from the hug. Sam shot them all an excited smile and rushed out the door, nearly forgetting his bag. He ran back inside and grabbed it, then ran out, giving them all one more glance before shutting the door. Time to find Nick Moretti.